You know, church, we need to stop this mental kind of mentality of barely getting by in life and start receiving the revelation that everything's been paid for and God wants you to be prosperous more than you can ever imagine or think. Somebody, if you believe that, say amen. I want us to look real quick at Psalm chapter 115 and verse 16. It says this, the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's. Everybody's got that down. We get that. We understand that the heavens are the Lord's. But the earth he has given to the children of men. That's the part that people struggle with a little bit. Heavens are God's and the children he's given to the children. By the way, I need to say this too. Wasn't Scrooge fantastic last, last weekend? I can't go any further without saying thank you to every single person that was behind scenes, AV department, all the people that worked uh, as the stagehands. It was like an orchestra up here. It's beautifully orchestrated. Uh, all the actors, um, I mean, everybody in the makeup department and everybody in the cost. It was par excellence. Let me just say this. I told the people on Thursday this. When I was here on Sunday morning and I was watching, I've been in rehearsals and everything else. But when I was here, I felt like I was transported from here to downtown Milwaukee and like the Riverside at a paid professional event. It was that, wouldn't you all agree that we went up another notch on Sunday? It was amazing. And I don't get, I don't get kind of, I don't get kind of, you know, into all that stuff. In other words, I, I'm always looking for the details of what went wrong. I got to be honest with you. I didn't see any of that. I just saw nothing but great. All the actors have just are another level. When I tell you bring your friends here and your family here, you better get them here because we had over 150 people that gave their lives to Jesus Christ on Sunday. <clears throat> this is a soul winning church. I said this is a soul winning church. We believe in the power of salvation through Jesus Christ only. And if you present him well enough with an anointing, people will respond. So when we say get here for our Christmas Eve service with live animals, live nativity, holy communion together, the presence of the Lord. Get your family. They're in town anyways. Bring them here. They're going to enjoy it. They'll be entertained. And they're going to know Jesus. Somebody say amen. amen. Got that out of my system. Hallelujah. So the heavens are the heavens are the Lord's. And the Bible says in the earth... He has given to the children of men. So the next time you say, I'm broke, just remember, it's not because you lack resources, because the earth belongs to you. It's because you lack understanding. And the Bible says, my people are destroyed because of a lack of understanding. So today we're here to get some understanding or light or revelation. Look, if you are a believer in Jesus, that means you have been born again. And since you can only be born in the earth one time, where have you been born again from? John 3, 3 says, Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly I say to you, unless one is born again, watch this, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Another translation of born again here, not being born again, the Bible says being born again to see the kingdom of God. Translation is this, it is to be born from above or to be born from another place. Now we know that another place is the place where God dwells or dwelt before man and that's a place called heaven. And heaven is not just some place that you think of like we say where's heaven? People point upward. But the problem with pointing upward is if you live in China, upward is downward. So heaven's much more than just a place and it's much more than just a perspective. Heaven in fact is dimensional. 
And the reason why I say this is because sometimes you think heaven's so far away from you. But in fact, it's very, very close to you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 8 says, We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present from the Lord. Which means we're not afraid of death because it's just one step from this plane into another place. If I'm absent from my body, the moment because I'm born again, saved, means I step into God's glory in that very same moment. So heaven is just a hair's breath away from where you're at. It's not way up there past the galaxy. It's this close. A snap of your finger. Touch your neighbor and say you're closer than you think. Now let me make this statement. We were created to operate based on where we come from and not based on where we were sent. So in other words, you may lack some resources here where you come from, but the good news is you don't have to rely upon where you come from. You rely upon from where you've been sent. Is this thing on this morning? I'm trying to do a little teaching, not so much preaching, but let me just say this for you today, that heaven ain't broke. Heaven ain't busted. Heaven ain't disgusted. Heaven's got everything you need and more. God don't work. God's not sitting on a throne right now with staples from a staple gun holding it together and some duct tape. God's got a throne that's established forever in heaven and walks on streets of gold. Everybody say, God ain't broke. So I don't have to depend now upon the resources I have here. I don't depend on where I'm from. I depend on from where I've been sent. The understanding is that when we came into the earth, we were sent to rule with him. We're sent to reign with him here. As a matter of fact, we have been fully supplied, fully backed, and authorized by God. To what? To live and attain a victorious life on every single level of our lives. That's why we have U.S. ambassadors. U.S. ambassadors are from the United States. So we can send them to Ghana. We can send them to India. We can send them to the poorest parts of the world and send them in there. But guess what? They don't have to live like everybody else that's there. They live at the U.S. Embassy where they have plenty of food to eat, plenty of water, clean water to drink, nice clothes to wear, the greatest transportation you can get over there. And if they don't have cars, we'll send cars over there for them. I don't think you not get what I'm trying to say. I'm saying you can live in the worst neighborhood in Milwaukee and still come out smelling like a rose and have all your bills paid, have two vacations a year. I can't get no help in a Holy Ghost church. And be healed and whole and happy. Because I'm backed by heaven. I'm backed from where I come from, just like a U.S. ambassador. Look at Luke chapter 17, verse 20, says this. It says, now when he was asked, Jesus was asked by the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God would come. Because they had another understanding of what the kingdom was. He answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is where, church? Is where? The kingdom of God is within you. So they had another understanding that the, God, the kingdom of God that was to come, it was told in lore, it was told in history, it was even told through the word of God that it was going to come, was something where Jesus or a king would come and set up his natural kingdom on earth. And so where would his throne be? Where would his palace be? Where would his kingdom be? But Jesus said it's not something you see here or there. It's something that actually is found within you. So the kingdom of God is not in heaven. It's from heaven. The kingdom of God is actually in you. 
That means all that God rules and reigns over, all that he has authorized, rather, is in you. Everything you need, God authorized inside of you. Church, your healing is in you. Your victory is already there. Your deliverance is in you. Your prosperity is in you. Your purpose is in you. Your destiny is already in you. Everybody say, it's in me. So the king and his kingdom go with you wherever you go. That's why you never have to be fearful. That's why you never have to be afraid. That's why you never be full of sorrow. Because everywhere you go, the king, Jesus, lives in you and his kingdom. Y'all didn't hear that. Is on the inside of you wherever you go. That means, check this out, that means every circumstance you have in your life has to submit when you show up. Every circuit, every dark situation, every problem, every dilemma, every bad deal has got to submit when you show up. How do you think that Jesus calmed the raging sea? Because the Bible says he was asleep and he was at peace and they were all freaking out and they all thought they were going to go down. And Jesus says, show me where you want me to be. Put him on the stern of the ship. And he cries out, peace, be still. And the Bible said that they freaked out because they said, who is this? The same guy they've been sleeping with and eating with. Who is it that even the waves and the wind obey him? I tell you who he is. He's the king who has a kingdom on the inside of him, which gives him rulership and reign. And what does he have? He's been authorized. That what every bad situation he comes into has got to submit for his good. I said it's got to submit. That's why weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning time. Psalms 103.19 says, The Lord has established his throne in heaven. His kingdom rules over how much? Why is the kingdom of God so important to him and so vital to the world? Because the kingdom of God preserves God's will in the earth. Say it again. The kingdom of God preserves God's will in the In the earth. In other words, he keeps it so that it remains established. Matthew 6.10 says, uh, Jesus taught them to pray. And he said, here's how you pray. Your kingdom come. Everybody say come. That means to be made readily available to me now. Come. You talk to your dog, come. Like that, right? The dog comes. If it doesn't come, you know, dog's got a problem, right? Come. (laughs) And so your kingdom be made readily available to me now. Your will be done on as it is in. Is God having a problem getting his will accomplished in heaven this morning? Absolutely not. But he does have a problem where men dwell. And so what God did was he established his kingdom. And then when we pray, we say, Lord, let your kingdom come. I'm going I'm 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 to break this all down in just a moment. Just hang with me. Let your kingdom come that your will may be established just like it is in heaven on planet earth. Because wherever God's will is, that's where we find peace. That's where we find joy. That's where we find contentment. That's where we get our answers from. And church, it is God's will to heal you. It's God's will to prosper you. It's God's will to bless you, to promote you, to supply for you. It is God's will to favor you in every direction of your life. 
God is preserving his will on earth by authorizing you to do it. I want us to look at Mark chapter 1, verse 14. It says this in verse 14. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. It means the good news of what? The kingdom of God. The good news of the kingdom of God. In other words, the kingdom of God means God's authorization. So Jesus went and preached the good news of God's authorization. So the next time you hear the kingdom of God, don't think of a place because it's not a place. It's the authorization, the authority, the rulership, the reigning of God in your life. So Jesus went about and preached the good news of God's authorization saying the time is fulfilled and the authorization of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the good news of God's authorization. Repentance is like a lost word in the church anymore. And I'm just one of those pastors not afraid to say repentance. I don't believe it's a four-letter word. I think we need to be talking about a whole lot more in the house of God. Repentance means to sorrow over where you are. It means to return back to your original state. So you are sorry about where you're at currently. And now you want to get back to what you were born to be. And you were born again. So God wants to get you back to your original place. How many can say, maybe we shouldn't have a show of hands with this this morning, but I'm going to say, you know, uh, it was when I first got saved, man, I spent so much time with God. Man, I was at church asking, what do you, are you guys open Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday too? And Wednesday? Come on. I was, all, I was all about the house of God. I had my praise and worship going all the time. I was in prayer all the time. And sometimes in life, things begin to slip. And then our relationship really isn't about the relationship with God we have today. It's about resting on what we had yesterday. And that we need new manna every single day of our lives. And I'm just here to remind all of us that even this coming new year, we're, we're, we're breaking into a new year. We're going to have a new year's resolution. And that's making a, ch a chance for us to have repentance and getting back in a relationship with Almighty God and making it right with God. I'm not saying you're going to hell. But I am saying get back to where God called you to be. And repentance needs to come back to the house of God because I find out, and I hate to say this, I don't want to bring it down this morning, but I found out that a lot of God's people, they act like the world, they look like the world, they talk like the world, they react like the world reacts, and you and I are not called to be like the world. You and I are called to be a peculiar people, a chosen generation. See, we're not supposed to act like them. So when bad news comes to you, you want to have a good report that comes up out of your mouth. I'm preaching better than you want to shout this morning. I'm not going to preach long, but I am going to preach hard. Amen. And my point of bringing that up is this. It's because sometimes we need to be rattled back to the truth of where we're at in life. And so when bad news comes, how come, how come when something happens to you and you're born again, you're, you've been set free by the power of God, saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, cloven tongues of fire on your head every day, and yet when you get bad news, you cussing just like everybody else cussing at work. I am sick and tired of pulling up your account and seeing in faith builders, not, not faith builders, but you go to faith builders and your Facebook, I don't want to look for you. You pop up in my feed. Get out of my feed. 
I love you, pastor. You're my pastor. You're the best thing since sliced bread. I love Jesus. I get on your page, everything in your page. Ain't nothing about the Lord once in a great while, but it's F this and F that. You got your butt poked out for a picture. What's wrong with you? Take that picture down. I said take it down. We serve a God who's worth all of our praise and he's worth us living under him under righteousness. Amen. I calls him as I sees him. In other words, what I'm saying to you is this. If Jesus was on your mouth and in your mind and a part of your world, those, those things would not even be there. Well, I'm just keeping it real. That's the problem. You're, not keep, you're keeping it real. You are letting us know who you really are. And now I just kicked out 15% of my church right there with all that. And I love you. And I probably didn't see your picture, but. And nobody wants to ever see me do that little pose ever again. I know that's true. In Genesis 1, we, found, we find out that we were given total dominion over everything God has ever created in the earth. Did you know that? He said, I give you dominion over all the fish in the sea, over all the things that creep upon the earth, over all the things that are in the earth. I give you dominion. And dominion means supreme authority. It means to have control over. You know, Sometimes I think we want to exercise control over people. But that ain't God. People want to, they want to be controlling over other people. That's not what that means. But why don't we start here? How about learning to control your emotions? Control your anger. Control the lust. Control the, the uh, control uh, 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 all the symptoms of the flesh. It means, dominion means rulership. It means lordship. It means to be authorized. It means to take responsibility. Statement. Those who have been authorized never shrink back from responsibility. How do we know you got the kingdom of God in you? When you stand up and face it. And take responsibility. I didn't say you didn't feel fearful. You might feel fearful, but you do it anyways. Because you've been authorized to do it. Authorization is what God promises through dominion. And authorization gives you the ability to respond. Or in other words, we get the word response ability. The ability to respond is through authorization, which is response ability, thus making you responsible to take your authority and bring change to every situation in your life. And you're praying, Lord, fix the problem. Jesus, God, anybody up there, help me. I need help. Fix the problem. And he said, you can't call Christ down from above nor up from the abyss, but he's near you in your heart, in your mouth the word of faith which we preach. You lay hands upon the sick. You are authorized. Jesus, heal them. Yes, you go pray for them. You are called to cast out demons. Jesus, cast the demon out. No, you go in his name. 
You are an ambassador for Christ. Your resources are from him and from heaven. Your authority comes from him. Everywhere you go, the kingdom is in you. Authorization's in you. Come out, devil. Lord, I pray you help my teenage son and daughter. They're just a mess and they're in sin. No, you take authority. You let them listen to that music in the first place. You let them listen to that TV program in the first place. You're the one that opened the door. Now take your authority and say no more. They'll hate me. You're not called to be their best friend. You're called to be their mom and their dad. Take authorization and do it. We've got too many guilt parenting going out here. We're guilty, and yes, all of us are guilty. And none of us have lived perfect lives. And we wish we could, but you still have been authorized. You're responsible for them. That's why Jesus could at that storm... He could say to the winds of the waves, peace, be still, and they had to obey him. Why? Because he took responsibility. He didn't look to anybody else. He took care of it, and they obeyed him. The Bible says that Jesus was so tired, he just wanted to go lay down, but he looked upon the masses, and he was moved with compassion, though he was tired and been ministering for days. He went back and he ministered to them. Why? Because he felt responsible. They're like a sheep having no shepherd. And so the Bible says when he did that, the power of God came and changed their situations, changed their circumstances. So Jesus saw the need and took responsibility for it, and change came, miracles came, breakthrough came, and they still will through us in his name. When someone needs to change, God has authorized you to address it. When something in your life needs to change, God has also authorized you to address it. He makes you responsible. And whatever you make yourself responsible for, change comes, and that's what dominion is. Dominion also means ownership. Everybody say ownership. And it it was the lack of ownership and fear that kept the children of Israel out of the promised land. Go read your Bible. They were set up by God. God told them what was going to happen, and yet they were so fearful. And because they, they did not take ownership, that they saw themselves as nothing more than slaves, take, didn't take ownership of what God was showing them, they were not able to go into the promised land. And the Bible says, God spoke this promise, says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I give you. Now that's called dominion. So God said, that's what you do. Now, every place you go, that's how we got this building. Now, you might think that's weird. And I'm not saying God does it all the time, but sometimes God will give you a prophetic word where he wants you on a piece of property. And so I walked around this building seven times. We're here today because of that. I'm telling you, that's the word of the Lord. And for some of you, that's what it's going to take. It's going to take you stepping out of your comfort zone and claiming something that you know God promised and take authority over it. And I got a great story I'll tell some other time about a, a ministry a person that we follow. It's just the exact same thing just happened to them. Every place the sole of your foot will tread upon. And so he sends out, Moses sends out 12 spies. And the Bible says two came back with a good report, but 10 came back with a bad report. And the bad report is we're not able. There are giants in the land. And um, we are like grasshoppers in their sight. How did they know they were like grasshoppers in their sight? They assumed it. They never talked to one giant. They assumed 
who they were. They assume their identity was what? Small. So the ten spies, we can call them the ten dwarfs, came back and had a bad report. Sleepy, grumpy, dopey, fleshly, untrusting, unworthy, stiff-necky, scaredy, unfaithful, and disobedient. They could not go into the promised land and they and their generation died in the wilderness because they did not take ownership of what God said. They did not make themselves responsible. They saw themselves too small. But here's the deal with God. When God gives you something, it's always going to feel bigger than you're capable of having. I'm shouting now. Look, church, when you own something, you act differently about it. Am I right? When it's your responsibility, it's different. Could you imagine this morning you went home to look and your door had been kicked in? God forbid. Door was kicked in and um, you go in and you can hear your flat screen TV roaring in the distance. And you go into the living room, and there's a man who you don't know sitting in your chair. Someone has concealed and carry, praise the Lord. (laughs) Sitting in your chair, eating a bowl of your Cheerios. Watching a game on your big screen TV, one hand with a remote, the other one petting your dog. How would you react if you walked in there and saw that? We said, oh, sir, um, how much longer would be the game? Oh, another couple hours? All right, we'll come back in a couple hours and let you. How many would respond that way? Or would you try to say, pastor, you just preach not cussing, so I ain't going to cuss. But I got some Christian cuss words I'm going to talk about right now. Get up out of my house before I kill. Come on, somebody. I don't want to scream it out, but you would scream at them. You would tell them, get out, and don't you ever come back. Now, why would you do that? Because you own them Cheerios. That's your dog. That's your TV. That's your chair. Amen. Don't believe me? This afternoon, you might do some shopping for Christmas, and uh, you might do some grocery shopping because the family's coming over, and you're at the pick and say, and uh, you go in there, and you start filling your cart up with some food, and then other people are filling their carts up with food, and then walk on by and just reach in to their cart and go, I like that, and just put it back in your cart and see what happens. Then people haven't even paid for that yet. But you're in for a fight of your life. Come on, somebody. Why? They've already claimed. That, that'll preach right there. They've already claimed. I said they've already claimed ownership before it was even in their hand. Come on, somebody say amen. Amen. 
Someone says, oh, my, did you hear about so-and-so? Yeah, it's terrible. Uh, they caught the, their wife having a, an affair, and it was just terrible. Oh, no, that's terrible. And that would be sad. And it's, oh, no, that's just, we have to pray for them, right? That's just, oh, hope God blesses them and helps them. Amen. Amen. But then they come to you and say, hey, I saw your wife coming out of a hotel room with somebody. You, my wife? Where? You know, your whole disposition changes. Amen. Because that's the woman you're responsible for. Statement. Where there is no ownership, there is no provocation. There is no outrage. There is no concern. That's why Bibles could be taken out of the school all them years ago, and there was no Christians with any provocation, no outrage. They just thought the government would take care of everything and found out, nope, can't trust them neither. That's why a woman named Rosa Parks one day decided... No longer will I ride in the back of the bus. This is my last day. Today I'm going to sit in the front. Put me in jail, lock me up, kill me, but I am not ever again going to sit in the back of the bus. She took responsibility. She took ownership. Amen, church. What you don't own will eventually disown. In other words, what you don't take responsibility for will end up rejecting you. If you're not responsible for your children, they will reject you. If you're not responsible for your marriage, sir, she will reject you. If you're not responsible for your friendships, they will reject you. But it, if you take some dominion and be, become responsible and take some ownership, everything will begin to change. Why? Because you have been authorized to make the change. It's not the outside in, it's the inside out. Everything God set up for us is within his kingdom. The kingdom and the king lives in you. What is the kingdom of God? Is it a place? Is it a throne? Is it anything that you will find on the earth that you can see, feel, taste, touch? No. Where does it dwell? In you. What is God's kingdom? It's God's authorization. Jesus preached the good news that the authorization of God has come on the earth to anybody who would believe in him. Repent and believe, receive him, you're born again. Now my resources do not come from earth, they come from heaven, and now I come from a God, come on somebody, who has authorized me to have victory and win in every area of my life. Somebody ought to shout, yes! 